Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore. This is Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. You are created in God's own image. Uh, Jesus is your elder brother. You are not made to be defeated. You are created to conquer and overcome, hallelujah, and to be victorious again and again and again. We are not uh, promised that if we're believers and have faith that we would have no challenges in life. There will be challenges in life just by the fact that you're here in this dark, uh, curse-filled place. You'll encounter issues. The thing that faith does uh, assure you is that you overcome that you win. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I win. And I win again. And again. And again. He always causes us to triumph in Christ. We can do all things not through ourselves. We can do all things through Christ, through His anointing and Him who strengthens us. Get your Bible, get something to make a note with. Come on into the class. We saved you a seat right here where I can look at you and look in the whites of your eyes, make sure you're getting this real, real close. Come on in. Father, we thank you so much for the privilege of knowing you and being accepted in the beloved. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And in this very brief life, that we're experiencing now, the briefest thing we'll ever do, we rely on you to show us every day how to live, how to think, what to say, what to do. Add to us today, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Would you turn, please, in our great textbook, the Bible, to John, the fourth chapter, and let's continue in our study that we're calling Faith for Healing. We've been looking at these uh, individual accounts of healing in the ministry of Jesus, some 20 or so of those. And we looked at the healing of the leper in the first one. We looked at the healing of Peter's mother-in-law, the second one. The third one, we looked at the healing of the paralyzed man. We're down to number four in our study of these 20, the healing of the nobleman's son. And that's recorded only one place in the gospel accounts, in the book of John. And we'll start about verse 43, John 4:43. It said, Now after two days he, Jesus, departed thence and went into Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country. Uh, why would that be so? In your own, he, he went on to say, and in your own house. Why? Well, he also had talked about uh, don't judge after appearances, but judge righteous judgment. And we see the phrase judging after the flesh mentioned in the New Testament. The more familiar 
you are with somebody after the natural, the easier it is not to see them spiritually. You are around them and you see that they're human being like you are. They get tired, they have to eat, they need to sleep, they get dirty, they need to take a bath just like you. And, and, uh, and you know, uh, it's easy to, to watch that and, and think, well, that's just Joe. That's just Mary. That's just my husband. That's just my wife. That's just, you know. And that's what was going on there. They said, this is Joseph's boy. You remember that? Joseph's boy, Mary's son. Uh, they might say, you know, my, my boy works with his brother down at the uh, convenience store <laughs> uh, or whatever it was. Uh, they, they knew him after the flesh. So when he stands up and quotes or reads from Isaiah and says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me. And then he, he closes the book and says, you are witnessing the fulfillment of this scripture right here today. <laughs> well, it was too much for them. They, they were like, what? This is, this is Joseph's boy. What? Who is he? Standing up saying he's anointed. Now, we need to learn a lesson from this. So many times, uh, people will marvel at somebody on a platform, teaching, preaching, singing, whatever they're doing, that they don't know. And yet, somebody close to them has a similar grace or anointing, or maybe even greater in some degree, but that's just, that's just my brother, that's just my sister, that's just my spouse, that's just... And so there is this danger of being, that means you're, you're so carnal yourself that all you're seeing is the carnal. You're so natural yourself, all you're seeing is the natural. We want to grow up and become spiritual and see spiritual, uh, even though there's a lot of flesh there, we can see beyond that Amen. and see the spiritual as well. Amen. And recognize the Spirit of God no matter who he speaks through yes. or manifests through. Yes, Be able to, to know and distinguish him well enough to know that. And so um, you know Jesus. They had no reason to despise him after the natural. It's not like he had done a bunch of bad things or was a bit of a character or had been in trouble. He hadn't. He hadn't sinned at all. And yet... They think, well, we know him. And so Jesus said, well, it, it's written, uh, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town, in his own house. And so it's a sad reality that many times gifts from God get the least amount of respect in their own house, in their own area. Shouldn't be that way. But Jesus left that area, and he went to an area where they appreciated him. <laughs> so there, there's, a, there's a lesson for us to learn there too, right? Yes, if people don't like you, they don't like to hear you preaching, you can get to a point where, okay, how about you? 
You like this? You like this? And uh, you'll find that there's somebody that'll appreciate it. And then you'll see results there. <laughs> so he came down to the Galileans, verse 45. And they received him. Somebody say they received him. They received him. Having seen all the things that he did at Jerusalem at the feast, for they also went to the feast. Now, uh, go back with me. Uh, what, what he just referred to there, you will see in these previous three chapters of John. Uh, when he says they saw the things that happened at the feast, that's in chapter 2, just previous to this. Uh, they saw, no doubt they had heard about the turning of the water into wine that had happened, you know, there in Canaan. And um, uh, you know word of that got around. And then also, he went into the, um, the temple and drove out the money changers. You remember that? I mean, he, he cleaned house. And uh, everybody heard about that. You can be sure of that. But what is not, um, it's not even mentioned here in John's account, but look in Matthew 21. Matthew 21, Matthew's account. And that's why you have to um, read the other accounts to get the bigger picture. Uh, just because you read it in one account doesn't mean you don't need to see the other. M Matthew recorded some of this. And in Matthew 21, 12, it said, Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. When he drove out the money changers, they also had a, a big healing line. <laughs> Praise God in the temple. Now, there's so much going on here, isn't there? Uh, for one thing, when he drove them all out, of course, it cleared up some space, right? I mean, <laughs> but because people had heard the miracles, they came in. They came into the temple and he just started ministering to them. Blind, lame, healed right there in the temple. Somebody say in the temple, in the temple. What is this? Why would the, the scripture record this? Why would... Why would he tell us this happened with the cleansing of the temple? Because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Can you say amen? Your, yeah. your body, so what's he doing? He's still cleansing the temple. Amen. Oh, come on, can you see that? He cleansed this physical place of the greed and avarice and what they had done, they, they turned it into a, a flea market in there, a marketplace. And it's supposed to be a place where you can come in and sense the presence of God. And, and there was swindling going on and, and, and iffy, shadowy stuff happening money-wise. And so, man, he just, you see one of the strongest demonstrations of Jesus recorded. He, 
He drove them out of there, people, animals. He took their tables and flipped them. And coins and stuff went flying. And he cleansed the temple of stuff that shouldn't be in it. And the blind and the lame came in there and he cleansed the temple of blindness. Shouldn't be in the house of God. And, and lameness shouldn't be. Oh, come on. Can you see? Shouldn't be in the house of God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shouldn't be in the house of God. Sickness is unclean. Isn't it? Unclean. I mean, it. you know it. Uh, whatever issues that you've had, I mean, it's nasty. And it's not the will of God. And it's certainly not an improvement on God's creation. Right? He created the body to be strong and healthy and to, to work right and function right. And all these things are from the enemy because it steals something from you. It kills something. It destroys something. Right? Doesn't, doesn't disease do that? I mean, it robs you of your strength. It robs you of your, your ability. It can destroy your organs or your bones. It can kill your body. It robs you of your time, your money. Is that right? It's not from God. It is from the enemy. It's stealing, killing, and destroying. It has to be from the enemy. And so the reason I point that out is because uh, uh, why would this nobleman when he heard about Jesus coming to Canaan, he travels all the way from his hometown to get there. Why? Well, they heard about this. Can you see that? There was a temple cleansing and then there are all these healings. They heard about this. And even though in his own hometown, he could there do no mighty work because they didn't receive him. He came to these folks. What did we just get through reading? They received, Galileans received him. They were glad to see him. Back over to the first chapter of John. Like I said, all this flows together. John 1, talking about Jesus. Interesting thing here, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, those accounts begin with the birth of, of Jesus. They begin with uh, the pregnancy and a babe in a manger. Not John. <laughs> John begins way before that. Is that right? Because the Son of God did not begin in Bethlehem. Uh, he tells us the Word, uh, look at verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And it tells us that the Word was made flesh and dwelt among men. Somebody say, thank God. Thank God. So the Word didn't begin in Bethlehem. The Word took on flesh. The Word was made flesh. Now, that is an amazing miracle. When, when the angel came to Mary and told her she'd found favor with God and, and she'd conceive and bear a son. His name would be called Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. She said, how can this be? Seeing I know not a man. And uh, he said, the, the Spirit of God will come on you. Did anybody hear that? Yes. 
When the Spirit of God comes on you, anything's possible. <laughs> All things are possible. The Spirit of God will come on you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. What happened with her? She said, be it unto me according to your word. Did she respect that word? Did she believe that word? Did she receive? See, that's what happened. She, when she said, be it unto me according to your word, what did she do? She took that word the angel brought from heaven right into her being. Hmm? She received and took that word into herself. And the word became flesh. Hallelujah. Well, we, we don't need that to happen again for another Jesus, for another Savior. There'll never be another one. And yet the word is still becoming flesh today. What do you mean? When you receive a word from him and you embrace it into yourself, that word can manifest in this realm, in this natural realm. Something that was unseen, something that you couldn't touch, but you hear it and you believe it and you receive it. Next thing you know, it shows up in your mind, in your body, in your finances, in your life. The word is still manifesting. In the natural Amen. realm, in the flesh, to those that receive it. Amen. Everybody say receive it. receive it. Look in this 11th verse. He, Jesus, came unto his own. His own received him not. They didn't receive him, by and large. And sadly, that has not changed. Most of the inhabitants of this planet have not received him. It's sad. It's terribly sad. But it's their choice. He won't force you to receive him. They didn't receive him. Just like in his own hometown. Can you keep seeing this? This just keeps popping up. The same thing. They didn't receive him. They didn't receive him. And like we said yesterday, if you don't receive him, you don't receive them. Them things. <laughs> That only he can do. Right? Because in his own hometown. When they didn't receive him. He could there do no mighty works. The, the great powerful. The big signs and wonders. That happened in other places. Did not happen there. They didn't get them. Because they didn't respect and receive him. Verse 12 though. But as many as received him. To them gave he power. To become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Believing in him is respecting him and honoring him. And those who honor him, he will honor. When you show him respect in going, I believe it, Lord, that's true. He is the Messiah. He is the Christ. He is the Son of God. I honor you. I bow my knee. I accept you as Lord and Savior then he gives you the authority and the right and the power to become and to be a son of the living God. Oh, hallelujah. Does it make any difference whether you receive him or whether you don't receive him? Oh, my. It's, it's life and death. It's heaven and hell. 
It's eternity. If you're watching right now and you have not received Jesus as your Lord, you are in grave danger. If you die in that condition, you'll be lost. Don't believe what other people say that's contrary to the written word of God. Oh, but he loves you. He wants you to receive him. He's already paid the price for all of your failures and mistakes. Let me lead you in a prayer. Let's receive him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's don't be like he came into his own and they wouldn't receive him. We're not going to be in that crowd. We refuse to be in that bunch. We are those who believe. Those who receive him. Come on. Say it out loud. Father God. I do believe in you. I do receive your son Jesus and what he came to do. All the work of the cross, all the work of redemption and the resurrection. I receive these things by faith. I honor them. I respect them. I believe Jesus is raised from the dead. He's alive right now. King of kings. Lord of lords. Soon to come again. Jesus, I confess you as my Lord, my Savior. Thank you for saving me. Oh, hallelujah. We are those who receive him. Receive, not of those who reject him, those who receive him. That is the greatest choice and decision you will ever make. Not only in this life, but in that which is to come. The biggest choice of your existence is what we just did right here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe somebody received the Lord today. Hallelujah. We're rejoicing with you. We're shouting with you. We're glad about it. Hallelujah. And when you receive him, you can get them. <laughs> All them things that only he can do. Hallelujah. Go back to John, the fourth chapter, and let's talk some more about them, them things. He came to the people in Galilee and uh, they received him, verse 45, because they saw all the things that he did at Jerusalem at the feast. They saw, they heard about the uh, changing of the water to wine. They, they saw him run the money changers out of the temple and they, then they saw all the people come in there and get healed. And so these people, the Galileans showed up and they want to receive these things too. So Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee where he made the water wine. Now I know I've said it over and over again, but why are we about to see another great sign and wonder miracle in the same town? In the same town. Why? Because they believe in him there. Can you see that? Yes. They respect him there. You know, just as, as a minister, uh, and all ministers experience this, know this, of any kind and level, um, there's a few places I've, I've gone to uh, in my 40 years of ministry that uh, it was tough, man. I mean, I had something on my heart. I tried to get out for three days of, of meetings, never could get it out. 
You might say, why? Because of this. <laughs> Even though they didn't say it, I could feel it. People were going, who is this guy? Uh, what can he do? You know, wow me, impress me. Oh, man, you can't. Jesus said, I can of my own self do nothing. Well, if that was true with the master, it's certainly true of us, right? Uh, what, what was the problem? Lack of respect, lack of esteem, lack of believing in the call, in the anointing, in the word, in the spirit. But then there's other places, thank God more of them, where, you know, I'm, I'm learning things while I'm speaking. Revelation and utterance is flowing from my heart to my mind so quick that I'm, I'm thinking, glory to God, I've got to write that down when I get out of here. That's, I didn't know that. that. That just came right out of my spirit. And, and where even with individuals, you'll find where people really respect, not just making a big deal out of a man or a woman, but they, they respect the God who calls people. And the God who anoints people and the anointing and the revelation, uh, things will just come out of you that you did not plan. Why? Why do we keep seeing more miracles in the same town? And not, nobody works in his own hometown. Same thing. These people, they want Jesus to come to town. Is that right? The Bible said they received him. The Amplified said they they embraced him with their heart. They were excited. The word went all across the area. Jesus is in town. Jesus is in town. And when you get all that expectation in one spot, what do you got? You got faith. You got an environment of faith. You can have miracles. You can have healings. And, and, and when, when one or two start happening, it's like dominoes. Then some more can happen. More can happen. Hallelujah. Why? Faith. 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 Which is inseparable from respect. Honor. Value. So uh, in the same town where he'd made the water wine, uh, there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto them, him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. From reading the other scriptures, we know that it was a little child, a very young son, young boy. And this man wants Jesus to come with him to his house, which is about 20 miles away, I think. So a bit of a, and they're walking, uh, 15 or 20 miles. And that's what he expects. And Jesus said, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. And the Greek is a double negative, amplified brings it out. You won't believe any way at all unless you see something. So here is a problem. This man is wanting to see something. He wants to see Jesus minister to his boy, see the boy get better. Then he's going to breathe a sigh of relief, everything. That's not faith. Come on, can you see that? And that's why we see Jesus' response and the rest of it. And we're going to have to pick up on this tomorrow because our time is up again. Said out loud, I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I'm strong in faith. Amen. 
giving glory to God. We'll see you next time here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.